From restaurant openings and discounts on bars and hotels to beauty and fashion offers, Sherlock's partners with London's best venues, suppliers and brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. And this month, we're offering new annual sign-ups a free Kate Somerville exfoliating treatment worth £72. Or you can trial VIP and get two months free access using the code VIPX2 at checkout. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Laura Black and Becky Hull. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Well, it's a very wet and rainy Monday morning, but I don't care because this is my last day here. <laughs> Why is that, Charlotte? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting married, yes. Do you know what I'm most envious about is that you're going to the sunshine. I know, me too. Yeah. That's the thing I care about the most more than anything right now. <laughs> so grim oh, out no, there. Just a bit of sunshine. Imagine if you were getting married in the UK, say, this weekend. Oh, It'd be all miserable. But this is the thing about June. It is so unpredictable. Like, yeah. I just feel like... Like it's such a dodgy month to get married in the UK. Like, Actually, you got married this We will weekend. share the same wedding we anniversary. Yes. And, I mean, it drizzled, but yeah. it wasn't torrential. Yeah. <laughs> Safer option, go to Mallorca. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly, and it's looking yeah. good. So, oh, no, How was everybody's weekend? Really nice, actually. Mine was quite relaxed, but Friday I went out. We had our first summer hours, so it was really nice to go home and then just relax a bit before going out mm. and then went out in Brighton. And, yeah, other than that, quite relaxed, didn't do much, but I feel very revitalised today for it. Good. Really Long nice. You're bringing a bit of energy, mm. Becky. Yeah. <laughs> What's everybody been watching recently? I did speak about it last week, but I'm just going to briefly give another shout out to Chernobyl because I've watched it all and it's honestly one of the best things I've ever watched and oh. I think everybody should watch it. Why? It's only five episodes long, but it's just such an important event that happened and this series really drives home how preventable it was. Mm. And Can I just ask, so I really really wanted to start this yes. a few days ago. How do I watch it? So I watch it on Now TV, so it's a similar thing. So if to... I don't have Now TV, I can't watch. Yeah. No, it's on Sky. Do I've got Sky. Sky. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can watch it. I what what on... is it? Sky Atlantic? Yes. It's on as a box set as well. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So if you've got good normal good TV, you can watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can watch it on that, and I honestly think you should. I think everyone should. The final episode's amazing, and I've seen people talking about it they somehow managed to explain nuclear science in a very basic, understandable way, in a way that you'd never imagine you'd be able to understand. But it's also just so gripping and it's so upsetting and it's very dramatic and obviously it was all true, but you really get to the human stories of what happened to various different people, whether it was the mothers who got pregnant during the time of the disaster and had subsequent issues, or, yeah, the firefighters who went in straight away to try and stem the damage to, you know, the politicians who were, on the one hand, being asked to cover it up on a global scale, but also were having to make these decisions that impacted everyone's lives. Surely there's something more than just the story that makes it really amazing, though, because I feel like plenty of disasters that have really happened mm-hmm. have been dramatised, yeah. so it can't just be the story itself that's it's so gripping. It's not. I've said this to Becky because her brother was a set designer, yes. and it is brilliant, and it really does take you to this place, mm-hmm. whether it's the sort of homes of people and that sort of deck or 
or just the sites when it is a disaster zone. Basically, I just think everyone should watch it because it's very important. It exposes a lot of things that I didn't realise happened and it is gripping but also horrifying and the way that they do it is brilliant. It's genuinely one of the best things I've ever seen. Mm. It's so moving and it's very raw and I think, like Heather said, it's super important for everyone to watch in a way because it's something you just cannot even fathom that actually happened. And like you, there's so many things I had no idea that were a thing with Chernobyl so it is it's really a good way of watching something that happened in our history and breaking it down bite size Becky other than that have you been watching anything else so I have been watching Riviera I don't know if anyone here has seen the first season no that's a no okay but I've just finished the second season and again it's on now TV and Sky Atlantic (laughs) and it's got Julia Stiles in who seems quite divisive like a lot of people love or hate her yeah I don't like that she just reminds me of like years ago what was she in like 10 things but I have to say it is a brilliant show second series wasn't as good but in a nutshell it is about a very very wealthy family and it's about what wealth brings to you as a family and the damage it can cause essentially it's a drama about family money and power and I think what's so appealing about it is it is very high fashion everything about it is it's a bit like watching The Great Gatsby you know it's very shiny all the dresses are incredible it is a fashion statement of a show but the plot is brilliant and it's hard to not give anything away but yeah essentially it's dangerous family and it's what money can rip through and do to you so has this just come out the first season came out last year and then the second season has just come out and it's got poppy delavine in who brings a bit of punch to it actually adrian lester is in it this season as well isn't he and he is most amazing i mean he's a proper shakespearean yeah. actor he's incredible i think that's the thing the cast is so strong and you get really involved and wrapped up in their lives and it's pretty addictive but i would say watch the first series first because i wasn't as hooked on the second but it was still very glossy very glam and easy to get super hooked escapism definitely escapism and it's just nice to have a nosy inside these amazing houses and it's all based in like the french riviera and it's stunning it's well worth watch well on a similar note i know i'm really behind the times but i have just watched big little lies the whole first the whole first well no i haven't quite finished it but i think i know what happens anyway i have watched most of season one because I tried it when it first came out. I watched the first episode and I thought it was a load of rubbish. I thought it was really, really like magazine-y and a bit crappy and just really like subpar script and kind of cliche characters. And it just really didn't do it for me the first episode. But now Meryl Streep is going into it. Mm. I feel a bit like, well, it must be quite good if Meryl Streep's going into it. So I thought I'd give it another go and I'm really pleased I did. It's really good. It is still a bit magazine-y, a, yeah. bit, a bit trashy. It's not like quality viewing in the sense that there are a lot of kind of obvious TV conventions thrown in there and there's a kind of device where you know something has happened and you don't know what it is and they kind of intersperse all the action with police testimonies from witnesses but like they're still doing that in episode 5 you know so it gets mm. a bit stale but mm. the acting is obviously brilliant it's mm. got a cast of Reese Witherspoon Nicole Kidman and Laura Dern Zoe Kravitz and Shailene Shame. Woodley they're the five main characters plus an amazing supporting cast and it's fun I love that kind of show when you're building 
committing to something and you don't know what it is, but you're waiting for that big thing to happen. And yeah, they've got fabulous houses, amazing wardrobes, but a really messed up lives as well. So I'm sure everybody's like, yeah, well, duh. But <laughs> it is really worth a watch. And I'm really excited because this week, season mm. two has launched in the UK with Meryl Streep. And so, yeah, I've got a whole extra season to binge now as I well. I can't wait. It's back tonight and I'm definitely going to be tuning in. I loved Shailene Woodley's character specifically. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you could really empathise with her and more the fact that she's got this young kid she's like a young mum and she's struggling and I don't know I found that whole story really relatable and how their lives intertwine was just like fascinating yeah Yeah, it's really worth a watch Laura what have you been watching? so I watched the first episode of the second series of Killing Eve (gasps) last night Heather have you watched? no not yet so I was watching something else which I'll discuss another time called (laughs) When They See Us which is on Netflix um, which is really good very serious again so I do feel like I need something (laughs) to I feel like I'm ahead of the time. You are. If you watched it, I'm always late to the party. (laughs) Tell us. It's good. I've only watched one episode. Firstly, what I love about it is each episode is only 40 minutes, so I feel like I can get through it quite quickly. Mm -hmm. But I was a bit worried because it's not Phoebe Waller-Bridge writing this time, is it? She's handed it over to her friend. But it picks off literally exactly where they left it, which I also quite like because you're literally straight in. And it just continues. I mean, Villanelle is just such a wig character isn't she because she's kind of this like awful assassin but equally quite likable it's yeah. just root for her don't you yeah. it's so weird <laughs> and it's also such a weird type of tv because it's this awful dark thriller but equally quite funny it's really funny yeah yes yeah, so i'm really enjoying it i feel like it's gonna keep going and it's i've heard the reviews are pretty good and i've also heard they've just confirmed a third series oh, so brilliant yeah so i'm gonna get stuck in again tonight so you didn't notice too much phoebe waller bridges no absence. not at all no 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 it feels exactly the same okay good let's talk about makeup now Becky wrote a piece on the nine best new bronzers for every skin type and budget personally I found bronzers really fascinating because I didn't even really know there was a liquid type of bronzer agreed when you read that I only knew it a few weeks ago when Becky started talking about it on the podcast as well and I was like wait what I feel like that's quite dramatic to have a liquid bronzer yeah can you explain yeah so do you know what actually when I wrote this piece I was like god is this like do people care about bronzers but actually both my best friends were like I never use bronzer and unless I have to I mean I don't know if that's a thing I've stopped using bronzer because I don't like that powdery look but I don't really know what to do with a liquid one so basically yeah you can get liquids you can get powders you can get creams you can get drops I mean check out the piece (laughs) but liquids for me I tried the Bare Minerals bronze serum and you literally need I mean maybe three drops of it and it just buffs into your skin so you don't put it into your moisturiser you You can put it directly on and can you put it on top of foundation I'm not prepared to forego my foundation so can you put the liquid on top of it and how does it work doesn't it just like smear it all around yeah you can put it on top of your foundation still I mean I'd let your foundation sink in first but it's a liquid but just because it's liquid doesn't mean that it's gonna interfere with any of your other product it's literally just like a little tint on your face but the bare minerals one especially I've applied that on top of my foundation before or the beauty of it is you can apply it on its own it literally makes you look like you've just been sat in the sun for you know 10 minutes it's really even it's really glowy and it comes with a really cool brush that's just really dense bristles so you get sort of even application and does it last that one really lasts I'd say that will last you all day definitely and because it's a liquid you'll have it for like years it's crazy how good that is it's honestly one of my faves and 
and then similarly drunk elephants anti-pollution drops so that you would mix in with, with your, your foundation or your moisturizer just mm-hmm. for like a bit more warm but that's still considered a bronzer not a tan still considered yeah. a bronzer yeah it's a new launch from them so i think it was like a bronzer serum that was could you put it in your vibe. sun cream yeah i don't see why not i mean the whole point of their latest one from drunk elephant is you can mix it with anything and actually that's quite a nice way of just having something on your skin without going full-on foundation and then you don't need spf foundation okay and if liquid isn't for you then what else is out there that's so if liquid's not for you we've got obviously your go-to powder bronzers and the best are and the best are i mean guerlain is a real classic their terracotta bronzers are sell out every year they smell incredible and they are basically the equivalent of like a real collector's item among the bronzer community not cheap not cheap but i have had mine for over three years now what? it has lasted three me. years you, you get a lot yeah. well quite i'm just careful guys <laughs> how much is it it's 49 pounds so it's an investment but you do usually get like blusher shades in there you get like a slight shimmery finish mm-hmm. so it's a bit of a one-hit wonder as a palette and yeah it smells of holidays so there's that one and then if you're after something a bit more affordable well nooks have got a california beaming bronzer and it's 10 pounds and again you can use that on your face your body it's big enough that you can cover quite a wide surface area and it just gives you a really nice vacation glow can i ask what's your thoughts of shimmer versus a matte bronzer I prefer matte. Yeah, because I don't like it when I look too, like... Too shimmery. Yeah, okay, but then matte, you can look a bit, like, 90s. Yeah. Completely agree. So are you better to go matte and then highlight? I think you're better to go matte day to day and then, if you want highlight, highlight. But I think a bit of shimmer's nice for holidays, I have to say. I think if you're in the sun or if you're out, like, abroad, it's nice to have something just subtly catching the light. But I would never go for one that's baked with shimmer because I think it's just not flattering. It's not coming in yeah. the office. Like, and it just sits in, like... Like all your creases, I know from yes, like around here, around your eyes, around your nose. So it's just not go for something with really minimal shimmer. I would okay. Say. And Laura, you were talking about the Chanel one before. I mean, I've used this for an embarrassingly long time. I mean, I'm, I want to say like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the product name is? It's Soleil Tan de Chanel. Okay. Do you like my French accent? That is so <laughs> You can apply it with your fingers, can't you? Yeah. But I actually use a brush, and it's solid, but it's kind of a creamy gel, and it is just. It melts into the skin, doesn't it's it? It's so good. And also, this is probably not what it was designed for. But you know, if you haven't fake tanned and you're feeling a bit gross and you've got sandals on, like, just it, you can put a little bit <laughs> on your foot. Completely. And you look like you've got you've tanned your feet. And you Clever. can use brushes with it. I actually quite like using a brush with it because you get even more coverage from it. You can really just buff it on. And because you use that over your foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Any carefully. of these, I would say, you can use over your foundation. Definitely. Do bronzers ever come in a variety of shades or is it always... Absolutely. You, in fact, there's several on here. So the Becca Blush and Glow Palette has got, I think there's four different shades. So you can really multitask mm-hmm. with it. And again, Guerlain's has got different coloured hues. And the idea is you literally use a big buffer brush and you put it on and it catches the light differently with all different shades. And NARS's new Summer Lights Face Palette is £56. And as I've said here, it is an investment, but you can use it on your lids, cheeks and to sculpt your whole face. So yeah. It's much more versatile now. The other one that I was given, actually, and I was a bit like, oh, it's going to take me away, but <laughs> I still really love it, is the Charlotte Tilbury film star. Because that's the balance, because you've got your bronzer, which is quite matte, isn't yeah. it? But then you've got the highlighter in the same palette. So you can pick and choose. So you can pick and choose. Exactly. Right. But okay, well, I feel like there's a wealth of information mm-hmm. in that, but if you are looking for a new bronzer for the summer, then have a look at the piece on the site. 
Okay, we're going to talk about interiors. Now, Laura, time to step on up. <laughs> we wrote a piece on faux floristry and botanicals and how fake flowers have made a bit of a comeback, really, haven't they? So we have broken down all the ways that you can make them work in your home. I never really thought this was like the kind of topic that would require tips, but actually having read the tips, they're all quite helpful, aren't they? Because well, I think faux flowers <laughs> have come on so far, haven't they? If yeah. you think back to your kind of, like if I think back to my mum and those, all those years ago, mm-hmm. they were just so faux. Yeah, oh, yeah, they looked faux. <laughs> they looked right? so because they were almost a bit perfect. Yes. Whereas I think the skill now with the people making them is that they make them look real by giving them imperfections. Mm-hmm. It was the green stems, wasn't it? Like the exactly. giveaway green yeah. stems with the fake. But leaves. I think that that would always be my tip with faux flowers. So I think put them in an opaque vase because yeah. you don't really want to see your wires. Yes, <laughs> it's like seeing backstage at a show, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what else? within this piece we suggested mixing and matching a different variety going bigger which I was surprised about again though I think that's a trend that's kind of changed I would say about five years ago it was all about just the single stem and just your hydrangeas or just your roses or just your eucalyptus whereas I think it's kind of changing again mm-hmm. and it's create big arrangements use more colour don't be so sort of stuck by one stem of flower okay so any other tips we talked about cheating on fragrance and lighting a candle or diffuser behind the arrangement that's quite sneaky isn't it (laughs) what else first of all where do you start where do you go for good fake flowers so I would say ochre they have such a broad range of them now and I've got so many friends have got them and they look amazing the other person that I've just discovered that started doing them is Philippa Craddock I don't Mm. know if you know Philippa Craddock yeah Yeah. Yeah. I think Mm. Philippa Craddock did Megan's flowers for her wedding but she has just started doing and they are Amazing, absolutely beautiful. There's also a brand called SIA, S-I-A, more difficult to get a hold of now in the UK, but I think they have their own website, Mm -hmm. but they, I actually have SIA and they are amazing. And do you have to spend to get good fake flowers? I think you do, actually. I don't think, you know, everywhere does them now. You can even buy them in Sainsbury's and, you know, the supermarkets, but I think they are an investment. But if you think how much, you know, Mm. fresh flowers are per week, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's worth the investment and if you're going to buy them make them good ones Mm -hmm. one thing that we didn't say I don't think here but is that you should probably switch them up seasonally shouldn't you to make it more believable yes absolutely having peonies in November (laughs) because no one's going to think they're real are they yes that is true but then I also don't think you should be too embarrassed if you've got faux flowers I think just go with it and kind of make a statement with it true and do you think there's like a time and a place for them like why fake flowers is it to save money is it to make a bigger statement than you otherwise would. Or to give your room some colour mm-hmm. if your house is looking a bit grey and white. Grey and exactly. Mm-hmm. Then just add a pop of colour with some faux flowers. And I think, you know, in a kitchen or a sitting room or a hallway, you can go quite big. Mm-hmm. But equally, if you don't want to spend much but you want to change something up in your bedroom, just put like a little stem and a bud vase on your bedside table. I think it looks so lovely. My mum's actually got, she was getting in trouble for the flower bill. So mm-hmm. she's now got on their kitchen island, she's got like, I mean, a huge vase, like a metre high yeah. glass bars and like not bamboo like they're green and they twist oh, again, no, you know uh-huh. what I mean? yeah. and they're really impactful like re- they do look really amazing like yeah and I don't think they were cheap but they're fake and they cheaper than her, for a long time cheaper than, than her flower habit <laughs> yeah exactly how long do they last for well forever I okay. would say I think I read in here the tip was to just put your hair dryer over them every now and then to get rid of the dust that's what I was wondering, wondering. Yeah. Yeah. it's a nice but, tip but presumably all cold because yeah. 
yeah, yeah, flowers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they last for as long as you take care of them. I guess you don't want to have them in bright sunlight all the time because mm. they'll fade. Color, but yeah. yeah, as long as you look after them. I don't see why they should have a short lifespan. Excellent. And in terms of display, I guess you just treat them like normal flowers. So we've said here, don't be too gentle. Uh, like put together an arrangement that, you know, with things that mix and match. And I, like, I guess that's the same as if you were just having a bunch of normal flowers. Exactly. Mixed, yeah. And also, if you start getting bored of them, put them in a different vase or divide them up and have them in three vases rather than one big vase. I like that. I'm intrigued. I'm quite good at looking after my plants because I know you can get fake plants as well. Mm. But I feel like in those spaces where it is really shady and you're like, well, I can't pop anything. Thing. Maybe I could put a fake one in, and Absolutely. no one would be none the wiser. I feel like it's quite healthy to have like real plants. Oh in yeah, house. I've got I a don't lot know why. Of yeah, I like a plant. You don't like a house plant, do you? No, yeah. No. I quite like having the greenery yeah. in my yeah. home. Same, but quite there are certain it. spots where they don't thrive. No. So yeah, I think I might get a fake one. Hmm, good mm. idea. Okay, let's continue on the interiors theme and talk about tablescaping. This is a, this is a, a hobby yeah. of mine. <laughs> God, it's such a millennial phrase, isn't it? Tablescaping, but it basically describes the art. Of, I mean, it's laying the table really isn't it? Isn't making it, your table look pretty making yeah. your table look presentable and instagrammable <laughs> so from event designers to uh, well instagram influencers and even chefs everybody is tablescaping these days so we wrote a piece on how to do it right so is anyone else as obsessed with this as i am me you are yes <laughs> i mean i'd like to be i can't say i've ever done an amazing session of tablescaping but the tips are great and okay heather yeah kind of the same i'm massively into it but just don't have any of it because i have no space to have people people around I'm not just going to do it for me and my boyfriend pull out table date night yeah. yeah last night I did well table scaping is generous but <laughs> we had scallops and a salad and I could have just plonked them on the plate but now I've got like our nice plates out yeah, yeah it's nice it's nice anyway so Laura in terms of table scaping where does one start what is on trend what should people be buying I think it's going to depend on the vibe of the evening whether you're inside or out outside or how many people you know is it a big event but I have a real obsession at the moment with linen tablecloths I mean I can't get enough I met that with linen napkins oh it transforms the table so quickly I mean I'll take a white one I've got a pale blue one pale pink one and then that is such a good base Mm -hmm. with a pop of colour as well I think that's such a good place to start the only thing is you then add work because you have to wash it true but then maybe go just tablecloth and not linen napkins yeah and then paper napkins of your to-do list of washing (laughs) but places like H&M particularly do those and Zara Home Mm -hmm. so affordable and such an easy way to kind of update your Mm -hmm. dinner party look glassware we love a bit of coloured glassware Mm -hmm. at the moment a bit of pink glassware I think makes such a difference but also cut glass I've started using like whiskey tumblers Mm -hmm. as water glasses just because it feels a bit more modern and also we have a real thing in our house that if you've got them don't save them for kind of best if you've got them just use them and if one smashes then so be it it's better that it's used and not just sitting in a cupboard Mm. getting dusty so yeah use it have fun with using whatever it is and I also love a bit of mismatch I don't think everything has to look kind of identical across the table so many cheaper ways of doing it as well use some herbs use some sprigs of flour use some old little milk bottles if you want to put you know something and lay them out across the whole table 
I like natural fibres, so some rattan mats. There is a particular look, isn't there? You can't start doing this with, like, your wedding china, can you? It's very much a more kind of eclectic... <laughs> yeah, I think have an eclectic... together. Mix, but I would. Thing. I use my wedding china. Do with, you? With, yeah, yeah. How, oh, so how do you make that look more modern, then? With all those with the things. Other bits. And yeah. I think mismatching it makes it... Okay. Yeah, I don't think you want all your matching cut glass with mm-hmm. all your china and everything looking too... Because that suddenly makes it quite formal. Exactly. Which isn't very now. Yeah. So I would just mismatch it a bit. And I think suddenly it does become a bit more modern. Interesting. I think the other thing you can do if you don't want to spend money, I always make my water look pretty. So if you've got a clear water jug, just chuck in some like lemons, limes and some mint. And suddenly the table's got a little bit of colour. And I know I'm Anthropology's biggest cheerleader. But I've also got a big water tumbler from there as well, which is all decorated. So the minute you put that with slices Mm -hmm. of lemons on the table Mm -hmm. and a candle burning. Exactly. Yeah, it's a I'm a big fan of the statement kind of candle holders as well yes. so I think yeah even on my boring table we've got these two similar to the ones actually in the piece the oak ones the big sort of lion leopardy type thing yeah I love them. yeah, yeah nice. pop those in the middle adds a and bit I think something. have a range of heights as well mm-hmm. across the table so have some big candle things but have some lower vases mm. or have your really big jug and then some lower candles I got some gold candlesticks from H&M home mm. actually last summer and they are a variety of heights as well and actually I keep meaning to buy colour candles to go in them because that feels a bit more more current this year but do you know where does really good ones tiger tiger yeah and super super cheap yeah because i was gonna say liberty have them and they're not that they're like 12 pounds no get down to tiger wow tiger good paper napkins in tiger as well yeah actually i forget about tiger they have some great one pound one hit (laughs) god tiger okay that's a really good tip thank you okay so if you do want to go for that mix and match crockery look but you don't want to spend you know you don't want to start replacing a wedding china with with a whole new set where can you go Sainsbury's is so, great yeah crockery. exactly so Sainsbury's I mean all the usual ones we reference but Sainsbury's H&M or just go simple and go white from Ikea mm-hmm. and then add a napkin yes. or a different placemat or a charger underneath it mm-hmm. um, I think you know you don't have to spend a fortune these days at all. The other big trend is napkin rings as well. There's loads of napkin rings around. There's a lot of ceramics, aren't there? And also like rattan styles. The other thing is that you can use your food Absolutely. as a way, particularly when people arrive. So I'm a big fan of a big load of radishes mm. on yeah. the plate, just as like a snack when people yeah. arrive. With some homemade hummus. Homemade hummus or mm. Alex Head from Social Pantry, actually when she came in and told us about her Marmite butter recipe, oh, which what? I have done. Oh my God, it's incredible. You literally just melt Marmite into butter. It solidifies a bit and dip a radish into it. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. So if you do a big crudités platter with something like that, really fun. Yeah, oh colourful. Yeah. What a nice plate. Exactly. Delicious. And actually somebody gave me a tip once as well to always do popcorn on people's arrival because A, it's quite visual and fun and like people can, what you can be doing in the pan when people get there. B, it smells really good and C, it looks quite fancy even though it's actually the easiest thing ever. And you can yeah. just put like a bit of truffle yeah. oil on it or something. Ooh. I know. Well, that's that's tablescaping. I, the tablescaping is thinking yeah. whatever you want yeah. it to be. <laughs> okay well if you do want some more tips then do have a look at the piece on the site we spoke to a variety of interiors experts and we've got a list of some gorgeous products mm. in there as well haven't we things that will really help enhance your home for summer 
Let's talk about shaving now. Shaving is the preferred hair removal method for 58% of women, but it can also cause irritation, itchy rashes, and lots of other gross things. So Becky wrote a piece on nine shaving hacks for getting it right. And I feel like this is something we all probably should know by now, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm always like cutting myself. Oh my God, I'm always getting like bumps and rashes. That was why I was like, you know what, I'm going to write a piece on shaving. (laughs) Great. Because it's my preferred method and without fail, I still get rashes. I mean, I know I've got very sensitive skin. But I do think there's quite simple tricks that can prevent it. And the lady I spoke to, Patricia Boland, actually said that so many people press really hard on their skin to get a close shave, and I'm 100% guilty of that. Basically, it's not true. Firm pressure can actually cause trauma, and then you cause irritation and bumps and redness. So Have a sharper blade. Have a sharper blade and just go super lightly in motions. And my favourite tip that she gave is to close your pores. Apparently, that is the best way to get the closest shave possible. She says that you have a warm water or bath or shower and it opens your skin's pores and then you quickly like splash cold water on first then you shave and that is the key to getting the hairs fully out and she says you know it's quite a laborious process but you will notice a difference so that prevents you getting rashes or just stops it growing back quicker it prevents you getting rashes and it also stops moisture coming straight out so you're not drying your skin out and getting like scaly mm. shins it's just allowing your skin time to breathe a bit like on your face when you you know people say go in the sauna opens yes, up your pores yeah, yeah, so it's the course. same kind of thing it makes the hairs easier to pull out so I thought that was a good tip it's something I've never heard of and also, everyone's probably heard of this, but use your hair conditioner or shaving cream. I love that tip. Yeah. My grandma always yeah. told me to do that. Yeah. It's yeah. such a... I didn't know it's like an old wives' tale, but I've known that for so yeah. long. I've always done it with, like, thanks to my grandma. Well, no exactly. one's ever told me. I've just done it out of laziness or just out of... It just because well, it works. Yeah. Or when you've run out of shaving also, foam or whatever. And but. if you have... I like to use a nice shower gel, but I use like yeah. a cheaper shampoo and conditioner. Mm. Well, she on. said that it's because conditioner is positively charged, which makes it attract to the hair and able to coat the strands for a smoother finish I know it was actually a really interesting piece especially as I think like we said 58% of women like to shave but I think just a few easy tweaks will make sure you're getting the best result I never know if it's a thing to say anymore do you know what I mean do people so frown upon it okay no when I was like a teenager obviously you shaved and then I feel like in the last or kind of maybe five ten years ago it became a bit taboo to shave a bit dated but I feel like now everybody's like okay let's just admit we all shave I would never shave my bikini line I'm no, there. no, never, ever, ever. But legs and underarms, yeah, come definitely. definitely. Me too. And actually, I know so many. People, I don't know if anyone here has had laser. No. Most of my friends actually have at this point. But I'm just a little nervous about having half my body lasered. I think I know quite a few people that have had laser. And a, it's ridiculously expensive. It's really expensive. And b, you have to do a lot of sessions, so you are buying into it. You're mm-hmm. not just doing one and it goes. You have to keep it up properly. And also, it doesn't always work on everybody. So someone like you, Heather, it would probably work really. <laughs> You've got really dark yeah, hair. Yeah, pale skin, dark hair. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I thought it'd be the opposite because it's so dark no, that it would take ages it, to get it's rid. It's more, I wonder how we would all mm. fare. Basically, the fairer your hairs, the less it's going to work. Oh, I really didn't know yeah. that. Mm. That's surprising. Yeah, so I was and, always jealous growing up because everyone with like the fair hair didn't really need to shave their legs or anything because you couldn't really see mm, them, whereas yeah. I've always been dark no. and hairy. I wish I'd never shaved my legs in the first place because I don't shave my thighs. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, you can't see the hair there at all. And I feel like had I just left my shins then they also would never be hair whereas now I've yeah. got like yeah now I have to no it is true I think that, that when you start doing it you have to keep going yeah are there any tips for shaving and getting it right 
right? Not really, but this, well, the piece does it all for me, but this piece did bring back sort of horrible flashbacks of, you know, being at school and dry shaving oh, really oh, quickly shaving. just on your oh, way out, yeah. kind of like, oh, to quickly do mm. that. And yeah, I was reading that tip. I could actually kind of feel my legs kind of, yeah. how the sensation of what it used to feel you like. You so feel that, yeah. can't you? Like, and it used head. to look bloody awful because you then try and moisturise, but then you'd obviously you get a rash. Yeah. You just, yeah, why did we do it? <laughs> but yeah, the conditioner one for me was a kind of nice little confirmation that I'm not just being lazy. So yeah. Becky, any other big takeaways from this? I think also interesting to seek out products with chamomile because it's naturally mm. anti-inflammatory and that's something God probably would never have looked for. And she also says to look out for glycerin in your ingredients because it's a humectant and it draws water in your skin. So again, it's just another way of making sure you're constantly moisturised. Because obviously the one thing with shaving and even waxing is it completely strips you of moisture. So I think it's really key to look out for those two ingredients. I know I'm always really guilty of using a blunt blade. And then I get rid of, mm. I get rid of my razor and granule and I'm like, oh, this is much better. <laughs> it's so, so much easier. Like, oh, yeah. my hair's gone. I am exactly the same. Yeah. It's just such an annoying thing to buy. And they're expensive. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like those really cheapy disposable no. ones. It's bad for the environment as well. Um, really bad for the so, environment. Yeah, they're naughty. It's like 13 quid or something, yeah, isn't it? Or eight quid. Yeah, yeah, to get a pack. Any tips at all on how often you should be changing mm. them? So Patricia recommends that you change your razor blade every five to seven shaves. That is really frequent. And another interesting thing was she says, do not leave it in the shower because the blade rusts faster. I read yeah. that and also was like, I do. I just have Such one of those. obvious thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I know. Why, <laughs> why don't I do that? But also, why do they then give you, you know, they, I've got one of those sucker things that they come with, one yeah. of those little holder things that go oh, on the side yeah. of the shower to hold it in mm. place. So that's where it oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want you to buy more. That's yeah. 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 Okay, well, for further tips, do you have a look at the piece on the site? Okay, this next one was not written by me, but definitely requested by me. How to write the perfect thank you letter. It turns out when you get married, you have a lot of these to write. <laughs> you have um, a lot to come. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm scared. But also, I think it's good etiquette, isn't it? To know how to write a good thank you letter. And it can be quite difficult. The reason I found it difficult was because it's really easy. If somebody buys you a toaster to say, oh, thank you for the lovely toaster. We can't wait to make our Toast. breakfast more exciting. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. But when someone gives you money mm. or when someone gives you vouchers or if somebody can't come to the event I don't know it's all just there are some minefields out there so Pascal interviewed an etiquette expert from Debrett's all about how to get it right so that included things like make sure you post it an email does not suffice make it personal that is what I have been trying to do mm. that oh thank you yes the toast I can't wait to pimp our toast out and flattery will get you everywhere so and um, obvious to do that though isn't it just mm. compliment um, and then such a, an easy win that one yes <laughs> that was one that worked particularly well if you were thanking somebody for hosting them or yeah, exactly. Thank you for being such a fabulous host. Laura, I feel like you're probably quite good at this. Do you often write thank you notes? Do you write them I when do. it's not just for a gift? It's always been drilled into me. So I do... I mean, going to a really good friend's house for supper, probably not. Mm. I would just send a WhatsApp or an email. <laughs> but somebody that I don't know so well, I would always write mm. and thank. And I would sort of expect the same, vice versa. Mm. If one of my really, really great friends came for supper and she wrote me a thank you letter every single time, It'll I think that was a bit strange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd also say save your postage money because <laughs> we don't need to do that. But yes, any event, any present... 
supper at somebody I don't know so well always mm. always write there's nothing nicer yeah it's true there's actually note nicer. in the post and also stationery these days is so gorgeous mm. that I kind of love it when I get a, a new variation of a papier card through the post I'm like oh handsome <laughs> papier I've got some new offerings it's <laughs> so true it's so true what about you guys yeah it was very much drilled into me as a child to write thank you cards and write them by hand so yeah every birthday and Christmas even now like my mum as part of my present gives me a set of thank you cards which is nice but yeah I send them to everybody apart from yeah close friends because like they don't do the same back so it's just yeah that kind of understanding that you know you can say thank you in other ways but anybody else yeah sort of Mm. godparents aunties uncles mum dad you know grandparents anyone like that yeah I've always written cards and I always try and do them now I remember being younger and just really put it off until sort of mid-January where you get an absolute rollicking down the phone from your parents for not sending them (laughs) but now I like to kind of yeah write them yeah. almost straight away and it, I think it's nice that you think about what you've had and say I nice I just things. think if you don't do it straight away it becomes quite a big deal yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but absolutely. if you do it straight away then you don't overthink yeah, it and exactly. it's just it's done otherwise you... and do you always send to the host so for example if you go to somebody's wedding and it's at their parents house for example do you send it to the couple or do you send it to the parents I would send it to whoever invited me on the invitation okay. so if it's the parents invite you then mm-hmm. you would thank the parents but if they invite you mm-hmm. you would that's a good point because you'd almost feel like you'd have to do both yeah and sometimes I do do two so hang on so if you go to somebody's wedding you send them a thank you it depends so I would do whoever's invited me on the invitation who you would RSVP to correct okay and then I would do the same but if I've been to a really good friend's wedding and it was like so special then I would quite often write to thank the parents and then just Mm. send them a little note too yeah yeah yeah. that's really nothing nicer than coming back from your honeymoon and having somebody go oh my god this was amazing at your wedding that's so true friends take notes yeah <laughs> I went to a wedding of someone I didn't even really know that well it was a, my boyfriend's best friend two weekends ago and I just keep thinking about it because it's such a lovely day and I met all these really nice people and the whole event was lovely and I'm kind of have had this feeling like I really want to kind of tell them that mm. but I don't know them that well so I was like is it weird to send no, them no I don't think it's yeah. ever weird okay. I would be so grateful mm. if I got that my boyfriend be certainly won't be sending one yes. so <laughs> in terms of what you're putting in your thank you card how short is too short like the format for my wedding ones for example have been like dear so and so thank you so much for the knives we can't wait to become wizards in the kitchen can't wait to celebrate with you in York in a few weeks all I love Ben and Charlotte so I, I was always told that it should go on to the other side oh, oh, really but I have very small writing oh, I've, got, I've got massive very handwriting so maybe yeah. you need to make it bigger <laughs> yeah I think I do okay so what kind of thing if you were like the same example if you were saying thanks for the knives what else would you be saying before the event yeah because that's yeah. a whole other thing yeah. as well the etiquette of can you send before the event and can you send off well, we started getting gifts when our invites went out which is oh, seven wow. weeks ago so we thought we're not coming home from our wedding till over a week afterwards but people are going to wait three months for a thank you that's so rude so we have sent the ones that we've received already out because obviously it's easy after an event like oh this was so fabulous the yeah. flowers were great and the band was lovely or whatever but how do you talk about the run up how you're so looking forward to yeah. it what you've done so far so looking forward to seeing them yeah. it's more just the thought isn't it yeah mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than these generic ones oh yeah just might as well not bother no so true time is of the essence was actually one of the points that we included in this piece Pascal says it's not something any of us enjoy sitting down doing but your thank you cards need to be sent out as soon as possible works is after the event but I think that means Mm -hmm. after the Mm -hmm. receipt of I'd love to know actually what is correct with that etiquette wise etiquette wise because 
I've received some things before mm. where I felt it was a bit odd, but I think it is correct. <laughs> what, you mean to wait? I laugh? would have waited, oh, I but see. I have received them before, and I think it's correct maybe to, to do it. Well, to my do dad it. was just like, it's so rude if you let people wait for 12 minutes. Yeah, weeks, I, I do think that think... was a thank you. Is that, that normal with Jewish weddings to send presents in advance? I just think it's people have bought stuff on the gift oh, list. Oh, I see. So, so people that. pounce on the gift list so yeah. they can make sure they get the things they want to yeah. get. And then you get the notification. And then they get oh, a notification I see, I see. Saying XYZ has bought... So I didn't, I had the same, but I sent mine afterwards because we had cards made with a picture from the wedding. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, we've had like personalised stationery made. So that was so the reason why that. I waited. Got it. Okay, yeah. that's lovely. I like that. Oh, well, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the people who haven't given us a gift yet can have that. Okay, well, I feel like I've got quite a lot to learn. There's some pretty good tips in here, so do check it out. Let's move on to a bit of fashion, a bit of lifestyle. We're going to talk about the Lux list now, which is our monthly roundup of all the things we're coveting and the coolest things to do and basically just the hottest new stuff out there right now. So, Heather, do you want to kick us off? What did you contribute to this this month? So, one of them, kind of leading on from what we were just talking about, is the new Matilda Go Times Papier uh, collection, which is just amazing. And I want to buy all the shell-related stationery. (laughs) She's um, been so Clever has yeah, yeah. So really for those clever. who don't know who she is, Matilda Goad is... She's known for creating these scallop-shaped lampshades, and she's since produced some kind of rainbow tableware for matches. And she's just kind of hit the zeitgeist, hasn't she, in terms yeah. of interiors trends and Instagram trends. Yeah. There's a lot of rainbow colours and scalloped edges. It's very and... maximalist, but in a cool way. Yeah. Yeah. She's very cool, and I just think this collaboration is also Genius. really cool. So I don't think I've actually seen it, so it's a stationary collection, presumably. Yeah. And that's why when I was thinking, so I wrote this up and then the day after Charlotte had a papier delivery and I was like, ooh. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I wonder. Yeah, because she has done some, well, I think you could use it for anything, but a lot of it they were suggesting you could use as wedding stationery with lots of lovely scallop shells on and it's all just very summery. I was about to say it's very summery. It's inspired by her kind of summer holidays. and I think she's even got little postcards and things as well. And it's sort of ice cream colours, isn't it? Pastels. Yeah, it's there's, really gorgeous. There's something quite vintage about her look, but it's mm. still really current. Exactly. Yeah, she's very clever. Yeah, very clever. Okay, love so, that. Yeah, if you are writing thank you letters, check that I out. I will, thank you. And uh, the other thing which I think most people will be excited about is the opening of uh, Socolo, <gasps> which is... Can I tell you, I didn't read that, I'm afraid, at the time. And, <laughs> and then I go to this piece this morning and I was like, they're opening another one. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. So the gang, uh, they're called the Big Mama Group, and they've got lots of restaurants in Paris and other places in France, but most people might know this from Instagram but they opened their first London restaurant in February called Gloria Trattoria in Shoreditch yeah Yeah. really good what I would say is order all the starters because that's the stuff they genuinely bring in from Italy so like the burrata and the hams and the meats and the bread and the olive oil and And you have to queue right yeah so when I went this is going back to Gloria which is in Shoreditch because the other one hasn't quite opened yet I went on a Monday evening and there wasn't a queue so I think go Monday Tuesday Mm -hmm. maybe even Wednesday and get there for maybe 8 o'clock and you'll be all right. It was busy in there, like buzzy, but there weren't any queues. It's a big space, right? It's quite big. It's all like completely over the top in a great way. Like everything's very vintage. It's sort of meant to be modelled on the 1970s Capri. I don't know why, but I feel like that really ties into the whole Matilda game. They do have like lots of fringing things, but it's just, it's very over the top. All the staff, or I think 95% of the staff are actually Italian Mm -hmm. as well. And they're very, they're, 
they're recommending like oh have this because that's from Naples mm. where I'm from and you know they're oh, really that's that's authentic. Authentic. exactly Lovely. it's a lot of fun it's a great place to go with the girls and I'm going in a few weeks with some friends just because it's just a great space to have a, a really fun dinner oh, fun cocktails but yeah they're opening a second much bigger space in Fitzrovia at the end of June called Socolo okay. and I haven't given much away but there will be a massive outdoor terrace Ooh, apparently and meet along pizzas I've just mm, read yes yeah. so I think yeah again good for groups and they make their own limoncello as well which is very mm. delicious I've been to Big Mama oh. which is in like the Pig Eye area in Paris and oh it's good it's yeah. so good they're oh. doing it right it's fun I mean I don't know how long the restaurants will be around for because they seem very current and fun mm. but so you know in London people are always looking for something new but I do feel like they'll stick around yeah. those ones and good Italian can't really yeah. beat it good Italian you? and yeah just fun like it's so nice to go to a restaurant and have a right old laugh mm. like sometimes I think it can be either sort of grab and go or sort of a bit formal so it was nice to go somewhere where yeah cool. have a bit of a giggle Ooh. and finally another drink Fisher's Gin yes Fisher's Gin it has already launched this gin and it combines old English herbs and botanicals found along the Suffolk coast and that's where the distillery is so yeah their head botanist has basically foraged around the Suffolk coast and found all these nice botanicals and added it to this gin called Fisher's Gin and yeah it's really lovely got a real nice flavour to it really pretty bottles as well so it's a nice small batch kind of company who are making it but yeah good gift in that case really good gift cool anything you should be teaming it with in particular I just really liked it as in a martini because you could really taste (laughs) the sort of botanical flavours so yeah a good thing to give someone as a prezi or Mm. if you're going to a drinks party or like a summer picnic and fancy a G&T with everyone I reckon nice bottle cool go for it Becky any beauty recommendations yes and also I just have to say the Lux list for June was I literally wanted to do everything Mm. and buy everything but for beauty there is a new brand called Make which has come over from New York and you only have to look at it on Instagram it is so I mean it's designed to be grammable I'm pretty sure it's kind of niche like not many people have heard of it and it's quite a streamlined collection of glossy balms blushes bronzers it's very much your basics but they're all paraben and cruelty free products and they all have sort of oils natural oils running through so you get really nice even finish what's the price point like price points they start from 18 pounds and then it can go up to like 50 okay but I think you're paying for good quality and you're paying for no harsh chemicals, no nasty ingredients. Really nice brand and it's really wearable, suits all, and they've got some impressive shades too. But yeah, it's the kind of brand you'll want to stockpile just because it is so nice to look at. And where can you buy it? You can buy it at Selfridges. I think that's mainly where it is and I think it's going to be on Netaporter too. Good. Mm. Well, we had some fashion recommendations in there this month as well. There's a new brand that's just launched called Refine, which is a slip dress brand and I love a small brand who take one thing and then just do it really well you know there's enough big brands out there doing everything that it's quite nice to see somebody specialize in something and that's what Refine does they have like a really small capsule collection of of really gorgeous satin slip dresses and camisoles which are just really pretty great for events I'm wearing a slip dress for a wedding event this week so yeah do have a look at them because they're also not stupidly expensive so always nice to discover new brands and also to know that you're wearing something that not everybody's going to be turning up 
happen, so which is always nice. And then also Open for Vintage is another one, which is a site a bit like a Vestia Collective or you know a lot of those resale sites where you can buy vintage handbags, jackets, etc. But there's no middleman. It's not a marketplace structure. So it's not a marketplace format. So you're not kind of negotiating or in that kind of eBay format that so many of those sites have. It's very much just like they have bought the stock so you can buy the stock through them. Really? So, I mean, this the is downside- a handbag. This is how much it costs. And you buy it. Day. Exactly. And they Great. check the quality. I believe it's all gone through their quality control and, and verified. I mean, the downside is obviously you can't then haggle for mm. things. A lot of those other sites you can kind of mm. make a bid or an offer. But yeah, the fact that you can just buy something directly through there. If there's something in particular that you've been after, then you can keep an eye on that and you don't have to fight off a load of people at the best price as well for it, which I think is quite yeah. refreshing. Yeah. And can I just say that H&M turns love stories. Yes. I'm so excited because for me, H&M do some of the best swimwear. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, they do do really good swimwear. Like I love getting swimwear from there. So I was having a little look at this this morning and it just looks so nice. Yeah, so Love Stories Intimates is a gorgeous brand from Amsterdam and they do lingerie and swimwear and pyjamas. Like really, really pretty ruffles yeah. and bows and star prints and they're not stupidly expensive but they're more expensive than the high street. But yeah, they have done a collaboration with H&M which launched this week and that is much more affordable and God, just so pretty. So pretty to the point where I'm literally like, I'm going to have to check as soon as it comes out. I know, I, I know. What day is Mid-June. So I'll just be surfing the internet. Yeah, <laughs> you do a group purchase. Yes, yeah. your eyes peeled, exactly. All right, I think that's about all we've got time for this week. I will see you in a few weeks. In the meantime, please don't forget to send us any feedback that you may have to podcast at sheerlux.com. We really appreciate hearing from you. Also, please do rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and I will see you next time. Hello, and welcome to A Thinking with me, James Harding. Over the years, I've worked in a fair few newsrooms, and I've really come to love the arguments that we have in those newsrooms. It's in those debates, those discussions, that I found out what I really don't know. And so when we set up Tortoise, a slow newsroom, We put the idea of those arguments at the heart of what we do, and we call them thinkings. And in this series of thinkings, we're setting out to examine the battle for truth. You can find our new thinking podcast on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.